When we moved to the Gold Coast, our family started a new tradition. To celebrate birthdays now, we go out for dinner. It's a nice way to mark a special occasion. The birthday person gets to choose the restaurant and I get to pick up the bill. It's a pretty sweet deal. A Greek restaurant for my son's birthday, a Korean barbecue for Emily's, expensive Italian place for Corinne. But my birthday restaurant was a bit disappointing. Actually, it was a real letdown. Oh, I got to choose the restaurant, but Corinne made the reservations for us. I wanted to go to Pepe's. It's a great little Italian place in Palm Beach. Have you been there? It's on the highway. It doubles as a delicatessen. Lots of ham, lots of salami, lots of pepperoni, great food, laid back, red wine from Tuscany, just my speed, my idea of a good time. Seriously fantastic food, authentic Italian pizza. Except Corinne booked Pepe's. When she booked it, she booked Burley, not at Palm Beach. I guess she thought it was closer to home, but it wasn't anywhere near to my expectations. Have you been to the Peppies at Burley? Of course not. It's closed down now. <clears throat> the only thing the two Peppies shared in common was the name Peppies, and Peppies shouldn't have put his name to the one that I went to for my birthday. Everything at Peppies Burley was double the price. It was just some weird stuff with pasta. Every dish had eggplant or pumpkin in it. They didn't even have pizza on the menu. Dishes I'd never heard of before, dishes I couldn't pronounce, menu items that I could hardly afford, food I knew that I didn't like. It's my turn to pick the birthday restaurant again. It was almost a year ago that we went there, but that night at Pepe's at Burley, I ate the lamb ragu, and honestly, when I think about it, I can still taste it. <laughs> Reality did not measure up with my expectations. Like doing a double take at a menu and realising that you are in the wrong restaurant. Psalm 128 is a psalm where experience and expectations don't measure up with reality. In fact, if we're being honest, it doesn't even come close, does it? Psalm 128 describes the blessed life, what it means to be blessed by the Lord. I wonder how long into Psalm 128 you'll realise that you're in the wrong place too that what you're now experiencing doesn't come close to what's being written here. Psalm 128 is a psalm of ascents, literally a psalm for going up steps. The steps are of the temple, pilgrims returning to Jerusalem. These are the songs sung by the returning exiles, making their way home from Babylon. And they're the songs of generations of God's people as well, who've made the journey back to Jerusalem. It's the road trip Spotify playlist of the psalms, Celebrating the annual pilgrimage festivals, the festival of the Passover, the festival of weeks, the festival of the tabernacles, which was particularly intense. Along with Psalm 127, Psalm 128 is a wisdom psalm. And although psalm, this psalm isn't attributed to Solomon, Psalm 128 still provides us with wisdom. It gives instruction for right living, how to live out our faith at street level. It's a psalm about blessing about living your blessed life now. Or maybe it's about returning to Jerusalem and being blessed in the place of blessing. I say maybe because what we read in Psalm 128 doesn't measure up with lived experience. Certainly not for the returning exiles who are making their way back to Jerusalem from Babylon. You see, for 70 years they were held as captives, living as slaves under King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar not only carted them off, he made a royal mess of Jerusalem as well. The city was levelled, the temple was plundered, 
Jerusalem left a smouldering heap. Those who now sing the blessings of Psalm 128 about what it means to live the blessed life have themselves been homeless for 70 years, serving as slaves under a king not their own. But now they're making their way back to Jerusalem and suddenly their song lyrics don't sync up with their experiences. See it with me, won't you? Psalm 128 verse 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. I really want you to get the sense, if you haven't already, that you're sitting in the wrong restaurant and this isn't what you're expecting and looking forward to. You aren't where you're meant to be and you're not where you want to be. There's nothing on the menu of Psalm 128 that's familiar, appealing, pronounceable or even close to being digestible. So how do these words how do these words in verse 1 measure up with the reality of life for the returning exiles? Because they've not been blessed by God. They've been living under his judgment. What they sing about isn't their experience. It's not even close. They've not been in the place of his blessing because the place they've been is in Babylon. So what does it mean to be blessed? We've already seen it in the context of the psalm. Psalm 1 tells us, about the blessed man. Psalm 127 ends with the blessed man. Some English translations use the word happy, by which they mean content or satisfied. But to be blessed is to move through life with a settled depth of happiness, happiness that comes from walking with God and enjoying his fatherly favour upon you. To be blessed is to live life the way it was meant to be lived, as God intended. To be blessed is to enjoy everyday blessings that come from his hand of abundant kindness. To be blessed is to enjoy a taste of Eden. Look there at verse 2. You shall eat the fruit of, your, of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Eating and drinking and enjoying life, enjoying life with your spouse and your children. To be blessed is to finally become ourselves in alignment with God and how he's created us to be. But this blessing, happiness and contentment, see it there, only comes from the fear of the Lord. So what does it mean to fear the Lord? To fear the Lord means to live as if God exists and that he is who he says that he is. To fear the Lord is to walk through life at every point bowing to his kingship. It means God rules over every aspect of our life. Fearing the Lord means remembering his gracious redemption for us because redemption is also another one of his blessings. To fear the Lord means to surrender our will to his will, to walk in his ways and not in our own. And so here's the promise of blessing again. Look there at verse 4. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Who is this blessing for? It's for everyone who fears the Lord. Which sounds great on paper, doesn't it? Sign me up. Who wouldn't want to be blessed this way? But let's just remember again who it is that's now singing this song a song of prosperity and blessing, of an abundant life and of deep relationships, a song about walking in the ways of the Lord and enjoying the favour of the Father. 
Well, the returning exiles didn't walk in his ways. They walked away from the Lord. And their wandering led them to Babylon where they bowed before King Nebuchadnezzar. Israel lived in the fear of the Lord. They, lived, they were not blessed, but uh, they were cursed by God, not under his favour, but under his judgment. But now these wandering people are wandering their way back home to Jerusalem, singing this song about God's blessings and how it is that we might enjoy them as well. They sing Psalm 128 as they return home, but maybe they've got the lyrics wrong. You know, it's easy to get the lyrics to songs wrong, isn't it? Easy to repeat something that you misheard when you're singing it. You should hear my family singing in the car. But here are some other misheard lyrics. See if you can guess where the song is from. I can see clearly now Lorraine has gone. I can see clearly now by Johnny Nash. I want to hold your ham by the Beatles. It doesn't matter if we're naked or not. Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. I'm a man who will, oh, also the McDonald's ad. I'm a man who will fight for your ramen. It's the glory of love by Peter Satria. And hold me closer, Tony Danza. <laughs> Tiny Dancer by Elton John. The point is Psalm 128 isn't an accurate reflection of their experience. And if we're being honest, friends, I mean, if we're telling a few home truths here this morning, can we just move past all the contrived cliches that everything is awesome all the time and that life is great? The Brady Bunch attitudes to life that so many Christians and lots of churches have. The whole of life blessing thing, well, it's not an accurate reflection of your life either, is it? Children like olive shoots around your table, more like Brussels sprouts that have fallen on the floor. <laughs> a wife like a fruitful vine, maybe 15 years ago before things started to wither. <laughs> a husband who you fear rather than a man who fears the Lord. Eating the fruit of your labour, well, if the possums and the birds don't eat your veggie patch first, if interest rates don't continue to climb any higher, if I live long enough to cash out my super. But these were the blessings of God. This is what God promised his people. A land of blessing and abundance, wall-to-wall blessings for generations to come. Blessings everywhere you go and blessings even if you don't go anywhere. Standing on the verge of the promised land, God promised his people a taste of Eden. See with me, Deuteronomy 28 verse 2, the words on the screen behind me. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field, and blessed shall you be shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your garden, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you uh, when you come in, and and blessed shall you be when you go out. But the people weren't faithfully obedient. Not overtaken by blessings, overwhelmed by their rebellion. They didn't follow, but they wandered away. And so instead of living in the land of God's blessings, they were exiled to live under God's curse. Not under God's favour, but his furious anger. In Babylon, life was the polar opposite of blessing. Everything, everyone, everywhere was cursed. Moses even warned them about it. Deuteronomy 28 verse 47. 
because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart because of the abundance of all things. Therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst, in nakedness and lacking everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the end of the earth, swooping down like an, the eagle, a nation whose language you do not understand, a hard-faced nation who shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young. Instead of eating the fruit of the promised land, Israel was devoured by the Babylonians. They served the kings of their enemies because they wouldn't serve their God as king. And yet despite all of this, despite all that has happened to them in exile, these people are now singing Psalm 128. God's blessings about enjoying long life in the promised land. See it there, verse 5. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. The returning exiles never experienced any of these things. But still they sing with hope. Although they never experienced peace, they pray in hope for peace. All that they had was taken from them by their captors, yet they pray in hope for the prosperity of others. The once prosperous city of Jerusalem, the joy of the whole earth, says the Psalms, the temple decorated in glory and crowned with gold, desecrated, destroyed and discarded. But they're seeking blessing from Zion for you, even though they've never known Zion's blessings. The hope that you'll see the coming generation, but theirs was lost in exile. This isn't a psalm about experiencing blessings. It's about the hope for the blessing that is still to come. Hope that God will keep his promises. Hope that you might experience them yourself in your lifetime. Wisdom psalms are about how to live. It's also about how to hope and live in hope. Hope for the blessing that's still to come and for the generations still yet to follow. But this psalm is beyond the returning exiles. If the promised prosperity doesn't seem familiar to us as well, the question then becomes, who is the man then who fears the Lord? The blessed man of hope in Psalm 128. Who is he? As Jesus comes out of the water of baptism, the heavens are torn open and God declares in Matthew's gospel his delight in his son. This is my beloved son, says the father, with whom I am well pleased. It was Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 in the wilderness temptation who walked in the way of the Lord. Where previous generations had failed to obey and wandered away from God's instructions, where other sons didn't serve the Lord with joyfulness and gladness of heart, Jesus says in the face of temptation, Be gone, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so the people now come to him from everywhere. He calls them and they follow him. All those still living in darkness who live under God's judgment and curse, they come. The sick and the afflicted with diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, having seizures, those who are paralyzed, they come in their multitudes to Jesus and in him they find the blessings of God. 
and now standing on a mountain in Galilee because of the vast crowds who've come to him, who come for healing, restoration and completeness, which is the Hebrew word for peace. Jesus declares God's blessings are still available even to the most unlikely of people. See it, won't you? Matthew chapter 5, verse 2. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The blessings of God are a future hope. And only Jesus walked in the ways of the Father. Only Jesus feared the Lord. Only Jesus provides God's promised blessings for countless generations of people of God who would follow. In him, we are blessed. And yet in him, he was also cursed. Jesus was cursed, taken as a captive, sentenced as a slave, crucified as a criminal. An iron yoke nailed his hands and his feet mockingly. They bowed before him as a king. The heavens that once split open are now closed. As the sky turns to darkness, his cry of desperation and dereliction to the Father that delighted in him once is now ignored. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Outside the city walls of Jerusalem, Jesus is in exile on the cross. But he dies for the prosperity of his people for the restoration and the flourishing of the family of God. Jesus cursed by God on our behalf so that all who come to him will be blessed. People will live long in the land of his favour and see and delight in the generations that are to follow because these were the promises to Abraham. God's promises to his people fulfilled in Christ and now made available to us. See it for yourself now, Galatians 3 Verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. No matter where they've come from, no matter how far the journey is back home, all who come to Jesus are blessed. In him we are blessed. But not the happy, go lucky, life is wonderful, everything is coming up Millhouse, Facebook, Instagram, choreograph life where your life is always hashtag blessed. Not where it's always all happy families and prosperity means endless self-indulgence. If that's what you're expecting here, friends, you are in the wrong restaurant. This is not on the menu. That's not what blessing, that's not the blessing that Jesus offers. Life in Christ is not like that. Don't settle on the outskirts of Eden when Jesus is calling you to something more and something greater. Being blessed in Jesus means that we have peace, contentment that comes from when we walk with God. Being blessed in Jesus means living life the way it's meant to be lived as God intended it to be. Being blessed now takes delight in everyday blessings 
recognizing that they come from the hand of his infinite kindness, eating and drinking and enjoying life around the table with the new family of God that we call our church family. That's home now. Now, not investing and indulging in ourselves, but seeking God's blessings for the generations that will follow. In alignment with God and how he's created us to be, being blessed means that we can become ourselves. Walking through life, bowing to his kingship of every point, remembering his gracious redemption for us. To fear the Lord means to surrender to his will to walk in his ways and not our own. Because even when life feels like we're in exile, even when we feel crushed and abandoned, when all we see around us and all that we feel is darkness and the cries to heaven seem unheard and unanswered, being blessed means that we get to live in the sure and certain hope that Jesus is the man who was blessed and he has opened the new heaven and the new Eden for us. And that God now invites us to come and to be blessed in him as well. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we give you thanks that in you we are blessed. And that we have a great opportunity to walk with you in kindness and gentleness now because of your love for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were condemned, that you bore sin's curse on the cross for us so that we might be redeemed in order to be your people. And while we look for life, a life of blessing, we thank you for the promises that are found in him and him only. So we pray, Lord Jesus, that rather than looking for prosperity, that we might walk in contentment with you, that we might truly delight in who you are and what you've done for us and what it means to be your children, what it means to be part of your new family. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we have nothing to offer, that we too are sick and weak and broken, paralyzed and helpless and hopeless. But because of your infinite kindness, if we come to you, we can be blessed. And so we pray this morning, Father, as every person here within this building now prays, Lord Jesus, that we might come to you, that we might delight in the small taste of Eden that you offer us of being in fellowship with you, of knowing who you are and knowing your blessings and recognizing them in our lives and in the lives of others. And so we give you thanks, Lord Jesus, that you bore our sin for us, that you were cursed so that we might be blessed and that in you we can be blessed. For we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.